Welcome back to Party Crasher. I'm Nichelle, and this week we're going to be talking about social media and my updates on my Living Like Weekly 2020 challenges. Okay, so let's start with my recap of last week's challenge. So if you recall, last week was Sarah Blakely week. So Sarah Blakely is the founder of Spanx. She is a female billionaire, used to be at some point in time, youngest female billionaire. She was dethroned by Elizabeth Holmes, I believe. And then I think we just ignored, we like, I assume Elizabeth Holmes got kicked off that list because turned out she was a faker. But, like, she still made a billion dollars for, like, a minute. Does she still count? I don't know. It's a little embarrassing. I mean, Kylie Jenner took over the title, so we don't have to worry about that too much, which is good, because it would be embarrassing if our number one most wealthy, youngest billionaire woman was um, a criminal. As a country, I would just be embarrassed for us. So thanks, Kylie. Really looking out for us. We appreciate it. Anyway, back to Sarah Blakely week. So I did a couple different habits from Sarah Blakely. I loved her routine. I love the amount of joy with which she approaches her life. She has way more work-life balance than Elon Musk. And overall, my week was just like so much better. So much better. One of the first habits I tried to incorporate was morning yoga every day. I'm going to be honest. It really wasn't my favorite. I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. I actually really enjoy yoga, but I'm definitely an evening yoga girl. Um, I really like to wake up slowly. I know people are like, jump right out of bed. I like sit in my bed for like 30 minutes to sometimes multiple hours (laughs) doing like morning journaling. I do an Instagram scroll. Sometimes I post to my Instagram from my bed. Um, I like to wake up slow. And moving directly into Downward Dog just wasn't my favorite. I feel like my body is so stiff first thing in the morning. And I get that yoga is probably supposed to help with that. But it just doesn't feel nice. I like evening yoga where my body's all limber from the day already. And then I'm just like calming down. So I'm going to do yoga. It's in the evening. But like I said, it wasn't as terrible as I thought it would. Would be probably because when I picked the practices, they were like really easy ones. There was literally a day where I did like in bed yoga <laughs> because I was really not feeling it. Um, but yeah, felt pretty good about that. The second thing that I really wanted to try was her green smoothie recipe, which she outlines in the article she did for the cut. Um, and I just literally never got to the grocery store, and so I never bought like spinach and mint and dates to do that. I love a smoothie, love a green smoothie. I'm sure hers is delicious. It has a lot of ingredients, so probably not going to go out and do that. Like, walnuts is strange to me, but you do you, Sarah. Um, And it just never happened. I also never made pancakes, which is, like, a true, true shame. I would planned on making it sometime over the weekend, and then um, it just didn't happen. Best of intentions, but it didn't work. The biggest thing that I wanted to incorporate was actually something that is not part of her daily routine, but something she talks about a lot in interviews as something that she thinks really helped form the success she's had at this point in her life. And that was the practice that she did as a child where her dad at the dinner table would ask her where she failed that day. Um, I didn't do this at the dinner table, but I attempted to share it on Instagram. I think I only posted it three out of seven days, so that's something I also failed at. But I think it was definitely something – it's something that I'm aware of. It's something that I need to work on, but I'm very aware that, like, failure I hate. I think a lot of people hate it, but I, I like, hate it a lot, a lot. 
I like want to be the best. (laughs) Okay, not necessarily the best, but competent. That is, I'm an Enneagram 5. I think I've mentioned that in every single podcast episode. But as an Enneagram five, our one of our like core fears is being seen as um like incompetent, <laughs> like just unable to do stuff. We like really want to make sure people think that we are competent. Not we don't need to be the best all the time. Although I kind of do. I'm like a pretty competitive five. Sometimes I think I'm a three. I have a lot of three tendencies. If you don't know the Enneagram, this is very confusing, I'm sure. Anyway, so failure, I feel like I don't know. Maybe it hits everyone the same way. I really struggle with it a lot. Brene Brown is like my queen and some of the ways that she talks about failure have helped somewhat, but it's something I definitely need to keep top of mind. And this practice is something that I think I will incorporate on a personal level. I think sharing it on social is um, maybe not my favorite, but (laughs) celebrating those failures, which sounds weird and crazy, but I think it is important to make that mind shift Ooh, a mind shift (laughs) to make that mindset switch from failure being seen as like the worst thing that could happen to you as failure being something that is a necessary part to growth. My favorite habit that I incorporated from Sarah Blakely was the fake commute. I actually used to do this a lot in college because in college I had a car because my house was like an hour, hour and a half away from my college. So I'd use it to get home, you know, on the weekends occasionally. But like as a college student, I didn't need to leave campus. Like I could eat all my meals on campus, all my classes around campus. I lived on campus. Like driving wasn't a necessity a lot of times. So, but I still would drive around. Like I would use it as a time to just process my stuff. Because in college, you're also on top of everyone, I feel like, especially if you're in like a dorm situation or I lived on on campus housing all four years my last year I was in like an apartment but I had some of my best friends as roommates which was awesome but in order to get some of that like truly like alone time car driving was the way to go but I have fallen out of the habit somewhat now that I'm out of college and it has been it was like so helpful to just like process through things like work through things mentally to think about you know, next steps. Um, it allows you to like do that sort of stuff without getting distracted by things you need to do because you're sort of doing something. I mean, not really, you're driving a car, but (laughs) you can't go on your phone and check Instagram. You can't send emails. Like you can't do a lot of things or at least you shouldn't. That's unsafe driving. And so you really get to focus and have some like dedicated quiet time. I didn't do this every day last week, but I did do it like two or three times and I found it really clarifying and helpful. And it's something that I want to incorporate more often, um, especially when I have like dead time between meetings. So instead of just like parking and like going into a coffee shop and spending 30 minutes like doing some work or putzing around, just taking intentional time to drive around a little bit and give myself time to process. So my overall thoughts. One, I really sucked at Instagram posting last week, which is already carried into this week. It is Wednesday right now, and I just posted who I'm living like this week on my Instagram this morning. Um, So we're just, like, continuing to struggle. This is an ongoing struggle. We'll talk about this more since we're getting into social media today. Um, But it felt so much less foreign and forced than Elon's routine. So I... I think part of the reason I didn't post on Instagram was with Elon's routine, like it felt so different that I would have to post. Um, but with Sarah's routine, it was just like my normal routine, like plus yoga and some random drives. 
So it was easy to forget to post something until, and a lot of times I was like waiting for something interesting to happen, which it like didn't because it was like a normal week. Which is kind of ironic because Sarah actually has like a really great Instagram presence and posts all the time. So maybe I should have taken a cue from that. I felt like I felt so much better having a bit more reasonable work-life balance. Like it made such a big difference transitioning from Elon Musk week where I was working just like all the time. And if I wasn't working, I felt bad about working to Sarah Blakely week where I don't think actually I worked substantially less. Like I probably put in about 50 hours versus like 60 last week. Um, but I felt so much more refreshed, so much more into my work. Sarah herself is so joyful in her work. She loves what she does in her work environment, like reflects that. Um, and I felt like incorporating that into my week was a breath of fresh air. All right, now we're going to jump in to the topic of the week, which is social media. And I've touched on this already a little bit. And when I talked about my 2019 habits, I loved. Um, but after taking four months of off of Instagram at the end of 2019, or mostly off, I'm back. And if I'm being 100% honest, it's already a problem. Last week, I spent 10 and a half hours on Instagram over the course of the week like a quarter of a work week spent on Instagram. I mean, some of that is work. Maybe. I didn't really post last week on my business Instagram. I just restarted this week. So most of that was not work. Most of that was just personal. <laughs> and it's just like my first instinct when I don't have anything to do. If there's like a breather or I need like a brain break for a second, I immediately go to Instagram. I'm actually thinking about starting a distraction journal, um, which is this idea I've heard about like a couple times over the past like month where you keep like a notebook where you write like the date and then you write the different types of distraction and then you kind of tally mark every time you are tempted to do something besides work during like focused work time. I'm explaining this incredibly poorly. Um, maybe if I do this, I'll do it up, like explain it a little bit better and talk more about how it worked for me. But I'm just feeling like it is like a fidget thing more than anything. But then I get sucked into it. The biggest thing that has helped curb at least the time I spend on it is I am keeping my followers for under 20 people, which I've already talked about. And so I like the scroll is like normally like three photos and like five stories and then we have to get back to work. But I do follow some bloggers and things. And the reason I follow them is because I love their stories, but their stories can get long. So I can be stuck on my phone listening to one person's stories for 10 minutes. Ideally, I think I'd like my interactions with Instagram to be limited to a specific time of day. So probably like the evening or I do love a good morning scroll. <laughs> Not going to lie. Um, so I think we're going to work more towards that. As far as the other social media, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, they're only on my computer. I don't have the apps on my phone because I feel like the computer works just as well. Or Instagram, the computer version, like, doesn't work as well, so I don't tend to use it on my computer. Maybe that's what I should switch to, but I would hate that. That sounds sad. <laughs> um, and they just aren't a big deal when I'm working. I'm pretty good at staying focused during working hours, but... They, if I am on a break, sometimes they can extend my break. Like the biggest issue is during my downtime. If there's a moment I'm not entertained. So during my non-working time, 
one or sometimes more than one, multiple tabs will get opened of these. And I would like to be more intentional about my downtime and not get sucked into those because I find that those social media apps are not refreshing. Like they don't make me feel more rested or if I'm reading or even watching TV um, or doing something like a craft or something, I feel better afterwards instead of the same. Like it actually gives me rest time. I did want to spend some time talking a little bit about what I have done and what I am doing to help with my social media. And again, I talked about this in habits, but I just feel like it's so important. And so I'm going to get a little bit more in depth today um, and go through things that work for me. So the first thing is intentional quiet time. And I think this actually really connects well back to Sarah Blakely's week with her idea of fake commutes. But taking intentional time where it will be hard or impossible to use your phone is becoming more and more like such a crucial part of my week. Um, and it has to be like a situation in which using my phone is impossible or like extremely difficult or like rude because otherwise I will reach for my phone. If I'm just like hanging out in my room, like reading a book in my bed, the chances of me just grabbing my phone because it's sitting there are pretty high. So, like I already mentioned, with the fake commutes, drives are great. I love a podcast, but sometimes just some, like, music and time for reflection is called for. And I think I drive around kind of a lot. So, being a little bit more intentional about when I'm podcasting and when I'm just giving myself time for reflection is important. Um, another thing that I do is I go swimming at least once a week. I swim laps at my pool. Um, during my typical gym workout, I'm usually listening to podcasts, watching TV while I'm doing like cardio. Um, and then during weights, it's always music, but I'm focused on what I'm doing. I use the sweat app, um, which I absolutely love. I think I talked about it again in my 2019 habits post, but it's like, it's not like I'm doing a lot of thinking. Like I'm mostly just thinking about my workout. It is, you know, often pretty intense. During cardio, obviously, I need more distraction, but I find I want to watch TV and not just be with my thoughts because my thoughts tend to be like, I am tired. I want to be done, which are, you know, we need to tune those out. <laughs> but so I try to get a swim in at least once a week, not only for the cardio element, like it's really good, low intensity, steady state training list training, but also because it's impossible for me to even listen to music. Like, I'm sure you could get fancy headphones. I am not going to, nor do I have them. So I can't even listen to music. I can't listen to a podcast. It is just my breathing and my thoughts. I was reading this book about the importance of silence in life. And, um, they were talking about how silence makes you like look inside yourself. And sometimes it, the people that have a hard time with silence tend to be people that don't like themselves, don't like what they see when it's silent. And I think that's often true. <laughs> um, there's like a lot of like angry thoughts. I like remember people that I'm mad at from like half a decade ago, a decade ago, I remember things that I did that were stupid, but also I have like fruitful thoughts about the future. I spend a lot of time thinking about like what I want to happen. It's very, I try to be intentional and either be practicing like focusing on my goals or my like things I'm grateful for. Um, but it is often hard and not always fun. 
And then the last one, I was a little tentative to share this because it's connected to my religious tradition. And I know religion can be a difficult and painful topic for people. And I always want to tread lightly. I don't want to feel like I am trying to evangelize through my podcast, but it is something that is like incredibly important to me and my life. Um, I also get hesitant because I think people, and I do the same thing, make a lot of immediate assumptions when someone else tells you their religious background. I think religious traditions tend to be pretty vast and they tend to have a pretty vast range of people in them, but it's very easy to stereotype and you never want that to happen. That doesn't feel nice when it happens to you. But I'm Catholic, and one of the practices of Catholicism that I love is called adoration. Um, And at my church, we have an adoration chapel, and it's this little room where you sit with a consecrated host, which as Catholics, we believe is literally Jesus. Um, And the room can never be empty because someone is always supposed to be sitting with Jesus. It's complicated. Um, But it's always silent and it's a place for reflection. And I'm signed up for an hour. So I have to be there because otherwise Jesus doesn't have any company and then he gets sad, I guess. I'm sure there's a lot of um, deep theological meaning behind this, but I don't want to get into it. And it's so refreshing to have to sit there for an hour. Like I'm not prescribing this for everyone, but I do think it is crucial to have an hour or more a week where you cannot go on your phone because it would be like very rude. <laughs> Whether that's meditation or a long walk without your phone, leaving your phone at home or in a church. I often struggle for the first 30 minutes and sometimes dread going, but I always feel great afterwards. It's like when you have like a really dirty, like sweaty day and then you go home and you take a shower and you just like feel like the best thing ever. So I feel like afterwards. And I think it's really just because it's this intentional focused quiet time it's essentially a form of meditation. Um, I am not good at meditating in my own home. So this is like a forced meditation somewhere else once a week. Another thing that I do is I practice mandatory reading (laughs) because, and I don't do it on my phone because it is too easy to just switch apps. So I force myself to read often. And a lot of times I don't want to do it, but I normally end up enjoying it. I like setting page goals. That way, if I'm not really feeling it after about 10 pages, I can do something else. Also, I pick fun books. I pick books that I enjoy. I'm not reading things I hate. But I do feel that like curb some of my social media issues, especially before bed when I really don't want to be on my phone. And this last one is like kind of silly and I really don't know how effective it is, but I like it. (laughs) I keep all the apps on the homepage of my phone in folders. I was like an anti-folder person for a really long time, but I now use folders. I really don't think it's better, but enough people told me it was better that I tried it and I don't hate it, but it's definitely not better. They're in rainbow order, which is like kind of fun, but that's pretty much it. Um, So I keep... (laughs) Everything on the homepage except stuff that, one, I don't use ever, like the stuff that just comes on your phone but you don't use. Keep that in a second page in a folder. And then I have a second folder that has all of my games, my streaming apps, and Instagram and Snapchat. I keep those in a folder labeled with a poop emoji, and it's like one app a page, so it takes a lot of swipes to get to Instagram because I keep it in the very back of this folder. Just because... The idea is that your muscle memory remembers where Instagram is. So I actually try to move Instagram around a little bit as well. Um, That way I'm not going to Instagram. Like it takes a lot of swipes. There's a lot of time for my brain to be like, why am I doing this? Why am I mindlessly trying to grab Instagram? Does it always work? No, I would even say most of the time it doesn't work, but it did initially. Maybe I need to move it again. 
Now we're going to talk a little bit about my business and professionally how I feel about social media because really that is where the sticky thing comes in. I would probably permanently move Instagram to its own phone like I did at the end of last year and not check it that often, except I feel like it is fundamentally necessary to grow a business in 2020. Like you have to have social media or like huge amounts of ad dollars. And, um, I do not have any ad dollars and I have to go with social media. That's like the choice. And I think honestly, that's the best way to build a small business because you can create an intimate relationship with your audience. I love following people who are the faces of their business on Instagram, even like Sarah Blakely, like I was talking about, I like love consuming it. It is incredibly difficult for me to produce. So let's talk about some of my major problems with Instagram and um, how I'm trying to deal with them. The first thing is um, we have like three aspects to Instagram. There are like three platforms within Instagram. You've got like your feed, your stories, and now IGTV. And it's kind of overwhelming. <laughs> I love Gary V, Gary Vanderchuk. I think I actually talked about him before too. We are just a broken record. And he talks a lot about being like a content machine. And quality is important, but you shouldn't be so wrapped up in quality that you don't produce like a good quantity of content. Like you shouldn't be throwing out garbage, but quantity probably would take a slightly, a slightly higher priority or should, um, in your content creation, because the more you put out, the more likely someone is to see it. Um, it's like his semi answer to the algorithmic struggles of Instagram. And I struggle with that I think a lot of people do is trying to create content that's like good enough that's like not garbage but also is um doesn't take 10 years to create I feel like in the events industry there's a pretty substantial pressure to have a pretty Instagram feed like also a cohesive feed but as a consumer of stuff I actually don't care about the the feed especially it being cohesive but when I think back to the times where I was looking for new accounts to follow there are only two ways in which I found new accounts one, if I happened to click upon their feed for whatever reason, they were in my explore page or they said something in a comment and then their feed was gorgeous or someone else recommended them to me. But then after that, I don't think I ever go back and look at the feed and see if it's cohesive. When I am deciding who to keep to keep my account under 20, I judge almost entirely based on their stories. Like stories are my favorite part of Instagram to consume. Like occasionally I'll scroll through and find pretty pictures. Um, but honestly, I tend to have more luck with that on the explore page because then I can, or using a specific hashtag, cause then I can find what I'm trying to find. Whereas stories I'm connecting with people. The people I follow all have excellent stories where I learn things and feel connected to their lives. I don't know how to do that Instagram story at that level myself personally, and how to translate those stories into customer acquisition or like IG follower acquisition. And then I start to think, are followers just a vanity metric? Um, are they just something that we want for like the clout? <laughs> I'm not super concerned with likes at this point, even though I still have them. When is Instagram taking those away? But I am pretty concerned with growing my following because then like ideally you have a larger customer base to hopefully get people to book events through. But I'm not certain how true that is. Also, what the heck am I supposed to do with IGTV? Another wrench in the system. I love video content. It's one of my favorite content 
to create and to consume, but I'm never scrolling through IGTV. And when I do, um, it's all like cookie frosting videos, which I'm very into, um, but definitely not what I do. Um, so problem one from Instagram is that I'm um, pretty confused. As I've already mentioned 127 times and already like five times in this podcast, I'm an Enneagram 5, which is the observer, I think, most commonly. Um, and one of the main character traits that I strongly associate with in a five, I would say the number one that was like, yep, definitely five, not a three, is the fact that fives are, when they're not healthy, so we're not thriving, they tend to be reclusive, they tend to be secretive, and they tend to be like knowledge hoarders. Like, I'm not sharing knowledge unless I have to. I would say I'm a more extroverted five on the like Myers-Briggs scale. I hit pretty close to the middle. Um, and the older I've gotten, the more I'm like, maybe I'm just like an extrovert who like has some social anxiety. But one of the aspects that I really do associate more with is that reclusiveness. There was an Enneagram meme that I saw last year on Instagram at some point, And I think it was a John Mulaney quote from one of his stand-up specials and where he was like, I'm going to the movies tonight. And then someone asked him, well, what are you going to go see? And then he responded, that is incredibly personal. I, I cannot believe you would ask that. Um, and I feel like that pretty accurately describes me. I don't love sharing things about myself. I'm working on having a more Brene Brown level of vulnerability, but it is incredibly challenging and Instagram brings out my inner CIA agent. No one can know anything about me. But my favorite thing about Instagram is learning about all the other people out there. I love connecting to these people. Um, so we're like in a pickle. I like kind of have to figure out how to get over myself. <laughs> I've blocked all my family and some of my friends from my business Instagram. Kate Kennedy from Be There in Five um, does this. And she's like, I feel like she's given me permission to do this. Not personally. I've never spoken with her. <laughs> But she says, like, her friends and family aren't her tar target demo, so why should she want their input? Not that they would be mean, but that their opinions are irrelevant. Honestly, that made me feel a lot better um, because if things are terrible, at least I can leave my embarrassment on my phone. So problem two with that I have with Instagram is that um, I am terrified of Instagram. I am relaunching my Instagram this week. I've posted it to my stories once and to my feed once. I'm going to post to my feed again later this afternoon um, to talk about the latest YouTube video I just posted. Um, but after I post, I like flee the app. <laughs> um, that's like my coping mechanism is to immediately like leave and I have multiple accounts linked to my Instagram app. So I just like quickly switch to another app and don't look at likes because like you talked about likes are not that important to me, but I, it's hard because <laughs> that's clearly the best way for my brain to deal with it. But, um, the best way to grow an Instagram is to be engaged with your followers. So to comment back to comments pretty quickly, to comment on other people's pictures, um, that sort of stuff. And I am definitely not doing that. So I have to find a middle ground some way of like dealing with the fact that, um, I like hate it. And also the fact that it's important. Also, that I love it. Like, I love Instagram. Other people's Instagram. I just, like, don't love creating my own Instagram. But I'm also planning on creating a social media ad campaign end of this week, beginning of next week. 
and launching that. So it also is kind of important to me to have at least a foundational okay-ish Instagram. So if people, like if the ads lead people to my Instagram, that um, it's not like appalling and they leave. So again, updates to come. Let us wrap it up with me talking a little bit about who I am living like this week. So this week's inspiration for my challenge is Mr. Mark Zuckerberg, Mr. Instagram, Mr. Facebook himself. Um, So he keeps like a pretty normal schedule. I read a couple articles and it seems like he works from like, you know, nine to six or seven. Like he was working like 56 hours a week. He's working a lot for a normal person probably average for like a tech bro. Um, and I didn't find anything too hacky, um, except that he is notorious like many other tech guys and Miss Elizabeth Holmes <laughs> for wearing the same thing every day. This supposedly reduces decision fatigue. I feel like it's like the same concept as me putting up a website blocker. The idea is that your brain can only handle making so many decisions a day and it can't really tell what are the important decisions and what are the decisions that it doesn't need to stress about. It like weights them all the same. The goal is to reduce the number of decisions you need to make on small things so you can focus your energy on making the big decisions. So to do this, I'm going to be wearing a black t-shirt with jeans every day. I'm going to mix it up a bit since I have a couple black t-shirts and the weather in Colorado in January can vary. Also, I don't want to do an excessive amount of laundry and I don't have the same black t-shirt and like, you know, more than one shirt. (laughs) So I have a couple long sleeves, like a black, a plain black sweater and like a short sleeve t-shirt. I don't know if we'll get to wear the short sleeve t-shirt because again, it's January, but that is the, the plan for this week. So far, I've already done two days, and uh, I mean, it has made picking my outfit slightly easier, but I feel like because the outfit is so simple, I want to accessorize, and maybe that's just the difference of being like a girl, but maybe not. Maybe it's just because I like like fashion. Maybe that's not the decision I want to get rid of. We will have more thoughts at the end of the week, but that's kind of where we're at. If you want to follow along on my day-to-day journey, you can follow my Instagram at notes by Nichelle. Um, I'm not great at posting there as we just talked about, but we're going to try to get better at some point. <laughs> and if you're curious about my event planning business, you can check out my other Instagram at don't forget the champagne or visit our website at dftcevents.com. Let me know if you have any thoughts or if you have good ideas about how you manage your social media or do social media for your business or just like deal with Instagram in your life. I would love to know that. (laughs) You can send me an email at dftcevents.com and you can't send me an email at my website at gmail.com. And you should subscribe if you're interested in hearing more about my Instagram journey, the fact that I'm an Enneagram 5 Um, my living like challenges, all sorts of fun, fun stuff to come. Probably. I don't know what we're talking about next week, so I can't even give you a teaser for that, but I'm sure it'll be an excellent time. 10 out of 10. All right. Leave a review, subscribe to this podcast, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.